Hey everyone, welcome to uh, another episode of the All The Things ADHD podcast, um, where Amy and I talk about what it's like having ADHD in our 40s as Gen X women. Yeah, that's pretty much what we talk about. And everything else, because it's an ADHD podcast, so digressions. Uh, today is part two of three of our conversation around being just too much and how our brains work in overdrive and how that gets us to be stuck sometimes and um, overwhelming sometimes and overwhelmed at other times and, you know, all the things that come along with that, hence the name, all the things. Again, this is part two of three of our conversation because we obviously had a lot to say uh, around this, um, around this subject. So this is a continuation of the conversation we started last week or that you listened to last week, or if you're binging, maybe you just listened to it, uh, moments before this one. So it'll feel almost seamless except for my ramblings at the beginning and the end of this particular episode. So, um, enjoy as always, I'm ready writing. Um, Amy is digiwonk. You can email us at all the things ADHD at gmail.com. You can go to our website, all the things ADHD.com. And if you literally just listened to this after the outro of the last episode, which incidentally I just recorded before this one, um, I forgive you for skipping through and pressing the advanced 30 second button. So with that, um, here is, uh, Amy and I, uh, yet again. Well, it's like, for me, I am going to, you know, and, and a lot of people say this is the extrovert versus introvert tendency, but I really think it's because of the ADHD where I have to talk through an answer, right? You will ask me a question and it might be the easiest question in the world, but it'll take me 20 minutes to answer it because I have to talk through to finally get to it. And everybody says, why do you always... Once you get to the answer, why do you always say it again? Because I'll do that. I'll answer a question and then I'll answer it again. And they're like, why are you doing it? And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, so I make sure that it's right. Yeah, that's right. Like, because like, my brain could take it in a different direction. And I just yeah. want to make sure Full that stop. this is actually the good direction. Double underline. It's like, in, yeah. in, like who wants to be a, a millionaire? Is that your final answer? Right. So yeah. if I say it twice in a row, that's my final answer. Yeah. I do that too. That's funny. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's it. And then I repeat it because I've tried yep. 10 other ideas. For yeah. This. Yeah. And, and, and oh. boom, 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 boom in yeah. your head. And so sometimes it's, and you'll, and I notice this when I'm doing the podcast and sometimes I'll edit it out where I'll have like, that'll be my transition point. I'm like, where did I stop making sense? <laughs> and I'll listen for that point where I stop making sense. I'll edit that out. And I'm like, that's the end of the episode. We've switched topics and my brain has skipped a beat. And that's, and that is literally when I will go and cut that out and whatever I say next, or you say, have said next in reaction to my incoherentness, I'm like, that's the new episode. All right, good. I'm we dead serious. Real life. We need that in <laughs> real life. Cause I too, I like, I like to, to talk things out because again, I guess I need that sounding board. I need to look at mm -hmm. somebody else's face when I'm explaining something and if they look confused, I'll be like, okay, no, I need to explain that better. And then I will, or they'll ask me like a follow-up question. Like, is that like this? And I'll be like, no, it's not, which now allows me to clarify. And I know out of all the 10 million bits of information in my head about toxic robot masculinity, I know exactly the thing I need to say to make it make sense now, but I don't get that without bouncing it off somebody. It's like somebody else serves as my sort of editor, my in my brain editor there. It's like, what is the best way? 
to make this point or what is the best way to advance this argument or what is the best way to share this knowledge uh, with somebody is like, I sort of have to do it live. Yeah, uh, exactly. What comes out, right? Yeah. yeah, no, no, that's exactly it. And um, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I really like making podcasts mm. because I, I just like, sure, let me talk it out. Let me just talk it out with you. Um, it's also why I don't like scripted podcasts. Right. So I'm like, mm, no, give me, you can give me the questions ahead of time. That's probably smart. Yeah. Um, not necessarily going to tell you I've prepared an answer, but at least I have some direction to sort of like guide the stream, right? Yeah. Or the, I would say yeah. the rushing river. Um, well, yeah, you don't, like, you don't want to get surprised by one of those questions. Like what are the 10 best books on ADHD? Yeah. Like shit. Yeah, I, you would have asked me. I could have looked this up before. Yeah, exactly. So you don't, but but those are like so the ones where they want information, right? Like, mm -hmm. what should I be listening to? What are your three tips? You know, yeah. like any of that. Yes, I will sit here and I will think those out. But those other ones that are more broadly, like, tell me about your research. I'm like, well, let's just see okay. what my research is going to sound like today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know that either one of us would be um, as articulate um, about how to be a grown ass woman with ADHD. If we were doing this podcast alone, if we were talking into a microphone by ourselves, right? Because I think each of us um, crystallizes the idea that we want to share in dialogue with the other. So, yeah. so probably because we both know too much, right? Yeah. We both know too much. And sometimes when you know too much, it's hard to get started. And, and like, I know this sometimes comes up in school um, for children with ADHD who, who really struggle with the sort of modes of assessment, because it's like, mm -hmm. you know, do this project on a natural resource and its exploitation in Canada. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be maple syrup, maybe. Okay, but now I know 85 billion facts about maple syrup. And when the teacher is like, you know, uh, what's the gist? Like, I don't know. But, yeah. you know, if they say like, is uh, maple syrup production environmentally friendly or not? Oh, okay, well, I can answer that because like, here's 10 more facts about maple syrup. Like, it's the kind of question, um, that assessments tend to ask or like write an essay about this and be like, your child is failing because they couldn't, you know, write five pages. I'm like, yes, because my child could have written 40 pages, yeah. right? So yeah. the discipline and sort of executive function and editor function required to whittle down 40 pages worth of fun facts, anecdotes, and interpretation that's in your head down to five pages is like a task that's, that's much too hard. So people often misunderstand that people with ADHD have lost the plot, don't know what's happening and don't have the required information. Often the problem is that we have way too much information and do not know how to get it out in the required format or within the required sort of constraints of space, time, formal language, informal language, you know, oral delivery, PowerPoint presentations. So we cannot- What's make... relevant and what's Yeah, what's relevant. Like we just cannot find a way to make all the learning that we have come out um, in the way that people want it, either because of the way um, that they're framing the questions um, or because of the way the assignment is designed. Like, because it's almost easier to try to, this actually dissertating students have this problem, um, mm -hmm. is that in their undergrads, they um, read until they have enough information to produce a minimally viable 10 page product, right? It's like, I know just enough to fill out 10 pages, but yeah. every year that you stay in school, you learn more and more and more about comparative Canadian literature, for example, yep. so that now when somebody says 10 pages, you're like, holy shit, I can't do that. Not because you don't know enough, but because you know so much. Yeah. Right. This is why senior academics, even neurotypical senior academics are always saying like, I can't possibly do a 15 minute paper. It's too yeah. short. Right. Uh, and they mean it because they just won't, 
use that editor function. So like, I think that's a common misconception about people with ADHD is that we don't have enough information. And often it's that we have too much and we're not really trained um, about what to do when that's the problem that you have. It's like, I yeah. read everything there is to know about maple syrup, but I cannot fill out this worksheet. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I want to talk a little bit more and like go back because there's other maximalist tendencies that we have too. Um, and you were talking about the, the element of shame, right? That you feel shame around not being able to um, edit your own work. But I think mm-hmm. that there's, we have, because of all of our different interests and also knowing the kind of stereotype of, and I, I fall into this, the stereotype of people with ADHD being lazy, um, mm-hmm. the stereotype of that we can't get anything done, all those kinds of things like I have. And there's also the gendered element of being people pleaser and all that kind of stuff. But I can't say no to things. Right. right? Um, in part, because everything is interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. Like everything sounds like a really fun project. Well, and me. let's be honest, the project that has not yet been started is always more interesting than the project where you are exactly in the right. Week. Yeah. 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 And so you know, and we talked about this, about rest and about burnout and about falling down. And it's just, and I think it also has to do with like not understanding time, right? ADHD, right. we have a lot of trouble with time. Like mm-hmm. I, I think there aren't 48 hours in one day or no, I've this is that. this, like, how long is this going to take? I don't know, 15 minutes? Lol. No, actually an entire day. Oh, mm-hmm. huh. So I guess I can't do this and the 17 other things that I had committed to because I thought this is only going to take 15 minutes. So it's this, you know, the, the, uh, I agree to a lot of things, right? So I have this maximalist tendency. And I mean, you, you've said it before already that like, you know, I coach, I write, I teach, I, you know, I have my job. I've got like two side teaching gigs. I've got, if I you know, may, Lee, you do all the things. I do do all the things. And yet, you know, I find myself saying yes to other people saying like, I, I love to do that thing as well. Like, do you want to contribute to like, do you want to write two textbook chapters? Sure. Sure. Why not? That's sure, a great why opportunity. Not? Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's in things that I like it's on, you know, digital fluency and, and increasing diversity and inclusivity and, you know, building digital identity. And I'm just like, man, like I've been teaching about this for years now. Like I got it all up again. It's all up there. It's all It'd up be there. Really cool to get it out on paper. Cause that'd right. be awesome. This time um, it's going to work for sure. Yeah. And it, it, well, they gave me deadlines and I'm relying on other people. So that kind of did, but, uh, but you know, at what cost, Mm -hmm. right. Um, I'm happy I did it, but like, but sometimes it's, it's saying yes. And I did it and I feel good about it, but what was the cost of that? Yeah. Right. What was the cost of agreeing to do this thing, finishing the thing? And this is one of those circumstances where a a shitty first draft is really good, right? Right. Like that's all they really wanted from me was a shitty first draft and then to be able to iterate it. So that sort of took a lot of pressure off too, right? I don't have to give in a, like a polished peer reviewed, let's go. Um, But yeah. And so sometimes I'm really thinking about these maximalist tendencies. What is the cost on us? Even if we get it done, even if we feel good about it at the end, even just like, you know, talked about it before, I got to get this sewing project done by the end of the weekend right? Like I just, I got to get it done. Like what's the, what's the cost of that? Well, um, I have an it, idea. It, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, of course you do. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, I think the cost of that, like, again, surprising no one, my experience is slightly different in that I say no to a lot of things because I really need to focus on the one thing, but then I try to focus the, on the one thing and I turn it into 45 new things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I like try to dig down. I had a, like a book I was trying to finish. It was going to be about digital life writing generally. And I worked on it for so long and in such detail that I decided then actually the chapter on selfies was going to be the book. So I could discard the rest of the book. And now it was just going to be book about selfies. And I've started to write that book about selfies and I've been writing and writing and writing. And I have like a hundred thousand words on that. And I'm like, maybe it should just be a book about social justice selfies. Like I'm digging down and down and down. And the further down I go, the bigger I make it, the bigger I make it. But I keep saying no to things because I want to quote unquote focus. But like, I'm you're not a like, reverse drill. Like I'm the reverse like, drill. Yeah. You're, you're, you're yeah. reverse drill. Yeah. It's yeah. Because like... every time I go down, it's not getting narrower. It's getting yeah. wider. But like the yeah. thing is, Lee, we're both bored. Like, I think yeah. that's the issue. I think we're both bored in different ways. So you say yes to things, possibly, um, because sitting still with a reasonable amount of work is not enough to get you going. That no. you just on the knife edge of falling to pieces uh, so that you can surf that adrenaline wave and get everything done, but just barely, right? Yeah. Have a slightly opposite attack. I get so bored when I even have the discipline to focus on a reasonable number of things to get done. And like our mutual online friend, Joe Van Every wrote this, like I was complaining <laughs> about the other day. And like I said, oh my God, I made this thing 10 pages longer instead of 10 pages shorter. I need to cut things like instead of adding new things. And she said, is this an ADHD thing? Are you just so bored because you already know the stuff that you already wrote that you have no interest in looking at it again, that what you're interested in is every new idea that you have. And I was like, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. I was like, Oh, that hurt Joe. That is like, Oh, that's exactly what happened. So I'm doing a version of what you're doing. So it looks like I'm saying no to everything and that I'm focused very specifically on one important task. But when I get in there, I turn it into 45 new projects. Right. So what both of us are manifesting here, um, is a kind of misuse of plenitude, a misuse yeah. of maximalism to create a, a kind of work pattern where we get things done, but it's not the things that we need to get done or not in a healthy way, right? Yeah. So that we are still creating situations of happy brain chemicals that are what we need to have in our heads in order for us to work, right? But other yeah. people don't have to trick their brains into working, what? right? Yeah. So what? you're tricking your brain into working by releasing stress chemicals into your body by almost overburdening your schedule, just being on the very edge of like, even if I worked really hard on this, like a grown up, I may or may not get it done. And that's yeah. exciting. And it focuses you. And for me, I'm like, I'm really going to do the best possible job of writing this book that I'm writing. And every sentence that I look at, I already wrote that, but now I have three more really interesting ideas about the topic of that sentence. So I'm going to be a very good scholar and write those down. But we're both fooling ourselves because we are indulging in habits that produce brain chemicals that allow us to work, but it's not the work that we need to do. Or it's in your case, maybe like cutting too close into your schedule, right? And yeah. for me, it means I'm never going to finish. I'm going to write. I'm going to be Chidi Anagonier from The Good Place. <laughs> yes. I have like a 3,000 page <laughs> dissertation. And my supervisor is going to say, like, you need to make some edits. I'll be like, maybe four or five more chapters. I'll just yeah. add. Yeah. Like, I'll just keep. That's me. I'm Chidi. I'm like, mm, stomach ache all the time. And I'm just like, add more because the world is complex and I want to give it its due and I want to be sophisticated and I want to be like, attentive to the nuance and the details, which I'm bad at. So I'm just going to keep writing and writing and writing. And you're like, I'm just going to keep saying yes and saying yes and saying yes. So what we're not learning is how to manage our energy 
um, in a functional way instead of one that just gooses our brain chemicals, right? Shit. Is, is that possible though? Like, I mean, I, and I'm, I'm not being like, and again, it's this whole like ADHD is still new to me. Right. Yeah. And so it's, it's, you know, I've, I've, is it, is it possible? Right. Like, is this like, cause, cause we're medicated and mm-hmm. it's, it helps. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, but it, you know, as we've said, it doesn't make it go away. It just makes it a little bit more manageable, mm-hmm. um, and not as overwhelming, just like moderately overwhelming, but like, I, I don't know, like, cause my husband, my husband says, and he knows me, he's just like, you're going to take on another project or, or if I am getting cranky and irritable, yeah. he'll be like, do you need to start a new project? <laughs> right. Yeah. Because he knows he's like, the busier you are, the happier you are. Yeah. Right. And, and in, in a way, I think that that is, is, is a truth about some people with ADHD, at least for me with ADHD, yeah. but I don't know, like, and, and by happy, it's just basically pleasant, right. I'm more right. pleasant. You're right. Most- like I, yeah. Right. You know, I mean, there's, there's, I can be busy and happy and busy and miserable and I've been yeah. both. Yes. Right. Um, but like, I am less, I'm less unpleasant to be around the busier I am. Right. Right. Like, and I and am that's... <laughs> less unpleasant to be around the fewer things I have to keep track of. Right. Yeah. Uh, because I get rapidly overwhelmed by that stuff. It's not energizing for me. It's, it's draining. And so can we like change some of our habits. So like I started medication when I did. And then afterwards, after a substantial amount of a lot, like at least a year and a half or so later was when I started ADHD focused therapy, right? Which some of that was around. These are habits that you think are an inevitable part of the way that things get done, but we're actually a coping strategy for Mm. your unrecognized disorder, right? And you are attached to them because now they are habits, right? So like, in what ways are there sort of patterns that we have to unlearn? Like, is it possible to be motivated to work without feeling like you might throw up? Right? Because for me, for a long time, my best sort of get things <laughs> I'm done. Making, I'm making sessions. a pensive face right now going like, like mm, I don't know, maybe, feel, maybe. <laughs> throw up when I'm like really into a project, right? Like, do I need to feel like it's possible I'm going to die while I'm attempting this in order for me to do it at all? Maybe not. Right. Like, so I think we talked in another episode about like my insight that I don't have to do an entire spring's worth of yard work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I used to have to do that because otherwise I would not remember to start all the different tasks. I'd block one miserable day in the calendar where I would attempt 75 different things. And I was like, oh, I don't actually have to do that anymore. And I don't, but I, but something like our, our personal relationships or our hobbies or the sort of cognitive things that we have to do in our work are like a little bit less easy to spot that we're being dysfunctional about them, right? Like it is not right to try to do an entire spring's worth of yard work in one day. Anybody can see that. And that's easy to recognize, but is like when Joe said to me, like, are you just writing new things because that's more interesting, right? Than going back to ideas you already had because you already had those ones. And that was like, I never saw that about myself until she pointed it out. And then I a million percent saw that about myself. And then I talked to my therapist about it, right? I was like, (laughs) what am I going to do, David? What am I going to do? Something new, right? Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, and so like, we give me a say, new strategy, give me a new strategy, <laughs> give me a new, 10, strategy. 10 new things I can try out. Right. So yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think it's like, if it works for you and there's no, I mean, this is like, we were talking about eating and movement, yeah. right? Like yeah. if you are achieving your goals in the world and you don't go to bed every night with regret, right. Or a stomach ache, then sure. Pile on too many things because that's who you are. Um, mm-hmm. and it's not too much for you. Right. Yeah. But if you decide that it does in fact feel like it's having some downsides <laughs> downstream from your own yeah. decision or other people are suffering because of the way you do things, or you are kind of suffering in a different domain because of the way you operate in this domain, then that's when you can start thinking about like, is this how I want to continue? So like my problem is yeah. I can't finish these books, <laughs> right? Uh, because I keep books, plural, <laughs> two, uh, two book contracts, right? Two book contracts. One is with the MIT Which press. Which have turned into what, six now? Turned oh into yeah, six books? yeah. Like it's insane. <laughs> like I have so much privilege in the sense of like, I don't even have to worry. Like, are these things going to get published? If Like they are going to yeah. get published. I have contracts. I just cannot finish them. It's so embarrassing, right? And it has to do with the too muchness of my yeah. brain. It's not that yeah. I'm lazy. No. I, oh gosh, no. So many voices trying to get onto the page simultaneously out of my head that is just cacophonous and don't get anything done. Right. So yeah. I, I think that's, that's quite common for people. So like, I think that's what's happening is we're bored. We're bored, yeah. bored. And we try to goose our brains into being engaged by these sort of dysfunctional sometimes um, strategies that don't advance <laughs> like where we want to go. Um, because my way of writing is not helping me finish a book. It's just going to be like, oh, this book about personal computers is now just going to be a book about RoboCop, right? I'm not just going to keep drilling down until the book project gets narrower and narrower, but somehow longer and longer. Right? I totally read a book on, that you write on RoboCop. I will, you know so what? totally not helping, but. <laughs> totally not helping. I could just write it before breakfast tomorrow because that's like, ask me about the films of Paul Verhoeven. Like, do it, man. I'm ready. I'm ready. You want to talk about cinematography? So, I'm so ready. You are, talk, you are talking about the original RoboCop and not Absolutely. the. Okay. All right. Just, or, I, now, I've well, been I dying know, to ask that question the entire time. I'm like, he is talking about the original. I RoboCop, have to right? address the sequels, which produce uh, increasingly recuperated version of robotic masculinity into established orders of capital and good versus evil. They become less dystopian, less innovative as they go. And did you know, Lee, because I know that there was a Canadian children's television series of RoboCop that ran for 26 episodes in 1995. And it was basically like RoboCop and OCP together worked to save the world. Like it was just um it's all I can do not to watch all the episodes because I absolutely do not need to no but I but, really want to yeah it's easier to learn new things about RoboCop to prove to everybody what an expert I am than it is to cut this chapter to something reasonable right? look do you do, do you know how many of those body breaks I watched yesterday on a oh, whim of yeah. calling it that <gasps> right so it was totally on a whim because I was like how do I want to title these episodes right and then I was like well we're talking about movement and then I went like the ADHD thing right it's like oh we're talking about body healthy break. and movement and oh my god do I remember when body break followed me on Twitter and that was the most amazing moment of like my one of like the top 10 amazing moments. Participation. Uh, and, oh, do it, do it, do it. Get with the action. See, it's all up there. It's right? all up there. Yeah. And so Wait, we and, were recording a podcast and now we're going on a side quest in our own memories of like these yeah. TV shorts. 
Right. And, and if, if our listeners aren't used to that yet, then right. you've been listening to the wrong podcast. Um, but yeah, so then, so then I was like, well, I need to, I need to link to something for those that don't have the context of what body break is, because I know that a lot of our audience is not Canadian mm-hmm. and this is a very niche Gen X early millennial sort of reference, yeah. right? Like this is, this is sort of, this is real niche. Mm-hmm. So of course a, a quick Google search. Oh my God, they have a YouTube channel. Oh my God, look at their ski outfits. Oh my God, look, it's like, oh my God, they're still making them? When I had come across in my insomniac midnight news browsing about, you know, how speaking out about racism at ESPN in the early 1980s, I also went on a body break deep dive, the exact same one that you did because learning new things is interesting to me. I would always rather learn something new than finish something that is a product about what I already learned. And I'm always like, this is like, we're both Spider-Manning here, right? Oh yeah. Like, oh, here's something. And I make a weird connection. You've made a weird connection. We're talking, this is like a podcast about movement. Ah, body break. Where the fuck did that come from out of your brain? Lee? Like, who knows? Boom. I would get popped. And then you, you immediately like Spider-Man your way over to the body break zone of your brain. Yeah. And then you're like, oh my God, remember wind suits? <laughs> yeah. When people wore matching wind suits, look, look, where did that start? Now I'm going to look up like top. Yeah. Wind, and then oh, the color blocking. Jackets. Could I find a pattern for that? That would yeah, be awesome. Yeah, right. What kind of fabric would I right? use? And then like yeah. you get to, it's only, it's going to be three minutes later. And then you're going to be like seven steps away from where you started. And I would have forgotten like, to publish the podcast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's there you go. Yeah. Mic drop. That's ADHD yeah. maximalism right there is we're just so tremendously interested in the immediately brand new thing that just popped into our heads, which other people often are fascinated by because they're like, I don't know how you made that connection. I'm like, I don't know either, but there it was inside my head. Poof. Yeah. And yeah. People are like, oh, that's an amazing metaphor for something. I'm like, I don't know. It was just in my head. Right. Yeah. Or how did you even know that? I don't know. It was just in my head. So people are often like, surprised and amazed like oh you're so smart because look at those connections you're able to make and I'm like yeah because you asked the question in the right way if you asked the question in a different way I would have been like right yeah so like ADHD maximalism is this like you compile all this stuff in your head and you keep chasing it down just because it's interesting while you're doing it and then suddenly you're like the little kid that that was looking at something in the mall and now their parents are gone and they have no idea what happened right and And you're lost how did I get here how did I get here what was I supposed to be doing yeah yeah, yeah. Well, What's and that so burning I'm, smell. So I've, I've, I've been, I've had this really experience acutely because I wrote, I wanted to write about um, growing up where I did in Montreal when I did, mm-hmm. right? Which is a very specific. I'm a Bill 101 baby. Um, and like the amount of explaining, and again, there's an easy answer to the question, like where are you from? That's not an um, interesting answer. Though. No, no, I can't tell it that way. And so I'm like. There's a, like, I, I literally have, what is 120,000 words now on this. And it is, it is a mixture of like obscure Quebecois pop culture. And like, do you want to know the history of Vachon snack cakes? Because <gasps> I can tell you the history of Vachon fucking oh snack God, cakes Joe now. Louis. Yum, yum, yeah. yum. Yeah. Um, which ended up coming out in like my data sitter club work and talking about the babysitter club and how they could better translate Twinkies for a Quebecois audience. But that's, you know, like, again, but but I'm sharing this. So I have a complete manuscript and it's a really rough manuscript, right? Like it's 120,000 words of like word vomit with some like, again, like rabbit hole research, right? Mm -hmm. 
that I think is so important to like you have to understand Quebecois culture, you have to understand Vachon snack cakes. Yeah. Let me explain to you Vachon snack cakes. I mean, understand Quebec- the cigarette hanging out of my mouth too. Yeah. Right. But, and, and the and the and the different and how important it was that you either smoked the Moriers or players. That's right. 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 Um, you had the red packs or the blue packs. And that mm-hmm. was like really important. Oh or God, you drank Molson true. or Labatt. Yeah. And that was, you know. And all um, the dudes were Speedos to the beach. I don't know why. Oh God, don't even get me started about Right, my... That's how you could tell at my beach because we like, we lived on the border of Ontario and yeah. Quebec, right? And we had a beach that was very close to the border. And you could tell the Ontario people from the Quebec people um, by their bathing suits, which yeah. is weird. I like, and we yeah. live each of us half an hour apart from each other. Oh yeah. Two completely different fashion vibes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But everybody totally. had perms. All of us had perms. Men, women. Well, that that was also fuckers. just when it was. But so so now I'm sharing it. I'm part of this writing group, and so I'm sharing parts of it with the writing group, and it's been really interesting to sort of get a complete outsider's response from this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where it's and and I know what what it is now. Where it's like there's a lot of stuff here, and it's interesting stuff, and I write it well, but they're like there's no there there yeah where are you going with this and I'm like I literally and they're like so what is this I'm like memoir history personal history and I'm like yes 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 pronounce it like John Malkovich memoir Memoir. publishing my memoir my memoir but but it's it's kind of like and and whenever I tell people about it they're always like and they're like who who cares I'm like well let me tell you about how I grew up with um, three different religious school systems, two linguistic mm-hmm. school systems, um, uh, new language laws that were just introduced that told us which schools we could go to, but also which languages we have on our flag. Um, I lived through two referendums um, and like the explosion of both Canadian right? That 80s, 90s sort of cultural Canadian explosion, but also Quebecois cultural explosion that was happening like literally right there. Um, How everything in Quebec had to have like this parallel Quebecois version of anything that was going on in either English Canada or the United States. Like, and all of this just sort of comes bearing down at you. And when you're in it, you're just like, whatever, this is, you know, this is what life is. And then you leave it and you're like, Jesus Christ, that was weird. That was very right? specific. That's right? very specific and very weird. Um, and and so like that, I, I wanted to, and like, again, the ADHD brain in me was like trying to, it's still grappling with it or trying to make sense of it all, but in a way that makes, that I can explain it to other people. Again, it's that maximalist tendency. Like, did it need 120,000 words? Like, like no, I, how many words? Like 75,000 words on the education system? Yeah like yikes yeah well exactly i'm like what the hell so um, like we're we're in the same spot there right we have yeah. too many ideas they're all yeah. equally interesting we want to write them all and, and important I don't know, yeah they're important right they're important. But it's like that grad student way of writing but first it is important to note that dear everybody take that out of your draft just yeah. note it don't tell me don't say before we begin when you're on page 30 don't do that either. right Ask me how I know. This is how ADHD people tell stories though, right? That's right. No, wait, let me back up for a second. Wait, let me back up for a second. Wait, let me back up for a second. Well, 
I'm not going to back up for a second, but I am going to take this moment to uh, end this week's episode, part two of our conversation. We'll come back around next week to continue that conversation um, because we had all the things we wanted to say and had to spend an hour and a half saying it. Still doesn't beat our um, Mary's condo tidying up conversation in having all the things to say, uh, but comes pretty darn close. So... um, yeah. As always, I am ready writing on Twitter. Uh, Amy is Digiwonk. You can email us at all the things ADHD at gmail.com or visit our website at a. Oh, bleh. you think I know my address by now. All the things ADHD.com. And we'll be back next week, or maybe we'll be back in three minutes or two minutes after you uh, take a bathroom break. Uh, because you're binge listening to these. Uh, But no matter how you're listening or consuming this podcast, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Do your best to try to stay focused. Um, And if you can't stay focused, uh, try to use less than um, 200,000 words to say whatever it is that you need to say. But if you don't, that's okay. I want to hear all the words anyways. So have a great day, afternoon, evening, morning, bout of insomnia. Uh, chores, who knows, however you're listening, I hope that, um, thing you are well and things are well. Have a good day. Bye.